Chapter Fifty Nine of the Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Headless Horseman: A Strange Tale of Texas by Maine Reed. Chapter Fifty Nine. Another who cannot rest. A dark day for Louise Poindexter, perhaps the darkest in the calendar of her life, was that in which she released Don Miguel Diaz from the lasso sorrow for her brother's loss with fears for a lover's safety were yesterday commingled in the cup to-day it was further embittered by the blackest passion of all jealousy grief fear jealousy what must be the state of the soul in which these emotions are coexistent a tumult of terrible imaginings so was it in the bosom of louise poindexter after deciphering the epistle which contained written evidence of her lover's disloyalty true the writing came not from him nor was the proof conclusive but in the first burst of her frenzied rage the young creole did not reason thus in the wording of the letter there was strong presumption that the relationship between maurice gerald and the mexican was of a more affectionate character than he had represented it to be that he had in fact been practising a deception why should that woman write to him in such free strain giving bold, almost infeminine license to her admiration of his eyes. Esos ojos tan lindos y tan expresivos. There were no phrases of friendship, but the expressions of a prurient passion. As such only could the Creole understand them, since they were but a paraphrase of her own feelings. And then there was the appointment itself solicited, it is true, in the shape of a request, but this was mere courtesy. The cockerty of an unaccomplished matrice moreover the tone of solicitation was abandoned towards the close of the epistle which terminated in a positive command come sir come something more than jealousy was aroused by the reading of this a spirit of revenge seemed to dictate the gesture that followed and the stray sheet was crushed between the aristocratic fingers into which it had fallen ah me reflected she in the acerbity of her soul i see it all now tis not the first time he has answered a similar summons not the first day they have met on that same ground the hill above my uncle's house slightly described but well understood oft visited before soon the spirit of vengeance gave place to a profound despair her heart had its emblem in the piece of paper that lay at her feet upon the floor like it crushed and ruined for a time she surrendered herself to sad meditation wild emotions passed through her mind suggesting wild resolves among others she thought of her beloved louisiana of going back there to bury her secret sorrow in the cloisters of the sacre cure had the creole convent been near in that hour of deep despondency she would in all probability have forsaken the paternal home and sought an asylum within its sacred walls in very truth was it the darkest day of her existence after long hours of wretchedness her spirit became calmer while her thoughts returned to a more rational tone the letter was re-read, its contents submitted to careful consideration. There was still a hope, the hope that, after all, Maurice Gerald might not be in the settlement. It was at best but a faint ray. Surely she would know. She who had penned the appointment, and spoken so confidently of his keeping it? Still, as promised, he might have gone away, and upon this supposition, hinged that hope now scintillating like a star through the obscurity of the hour. It was a delicate matter to make direct inquiries about to one in the position of louise poindexter 
but no other course appealed open to her and as the shadows of twilight shrouded the grass-covered square of the village she was seen upon her spotted palfrey riding silently through the streets and reining up in front of the hotel on the same spot occupied but a few hours before by the grey steed of isidora as the men of the place were all absent some on the track of the assassin others upon the trail of the comanche oberdoffer was the only witness of her indiscretion but she knew it not as such it was but natural that the sister of the murdered man should be anxious to obtain news and so did he construe the motive for the interrogatories addressed to him little did the stolid german suspect the satisfaction which his answers at first gave to his fair questioner much less the chadron afterwards caused by that bit of information volunteered by himself and which abruptly terminated the dialogue between him and his visitor on hearing she was not the first of her sex who had that day made inquiries respecting maurice the mustanger louise poindexter rode back to casa del corvo with a heart writhing under fresh laceration a night was spent in the agony of unrest sleep only obtained in short snatches and amidst the phantasmagoria of dreamland though the morning restored not her tranquillity it brought with it a resolve stern daring almost reckless it was at least daring for louise poindexter to ride to the alamo alone and this was her determination there was no one to stay her none to say nay the searchers out all night had not yet returned no report had come back to casa del corvo she was sole mistress of the mansion as of her actions sole possessor of the motive that was impelling her to this bold step but it may be easily guessed hers was not a spirit to put up with mere suspicion even love that tames the strongest had not yet reduced it to that state of helpless submission unsatisfied it could no longer exist and hence her resolve to seek satisfaction she might find peace she might chance upon ruin even the last appeared preferable to the agony of uncertainty how like to the reasoning of a rival it would have been idle to dissuade her had there been any one to do it it is doubtful even if parental authority could at that moment have prevented her from carrying out her purpose talk to the tigress when frenzied by a similar feeling with a love unhallowed the will of the egyptian queen was not more imperious than is that of the american creole when stirred by its holiest passion it acknowledges no right of contradiction regards no obstruction save death it is a spirit rare upon earth in its tranquil state soft as the rays of the aurora pure as the prayer of a child but when stirred by love or rather by its too constant concomitant it becomes proud and perilous as the light of lucifer of this spirit louise poindexter was the truest type where love was the lure to wish was to have or to perish in the attempt to obtain jealousy resting upon doubt was neither possible to her nature or compatible with her existence she must find proofs to destroy or confirm it proofs stronger than those already supplied by the contents of the strayed epistle which after all were only presumptive armed with this she was in a position to seek them and they were to be sought upon the alamo the first hour of sunrise saw her in the saddle riding out from the enclosures of casa del corvo and taking a trail across the prairie already known to her on passing many a spot endeared to her sacred by some of the sweetest souvenirs of her life her thoughts experienced more than one revulsion these were moments when she forgot the motive that originally impelled her to the journey 
when she thought only of reaching the man she loved to rescue him from enemies that might be around him ah these moments despite the apprehension for her lover's safety were happy when compared with those devoted to the far more painful contemplation of his treachery from the point of starting to that of her destination it was twenty miles it might seem a journey to one used to european travelling that is in the saddle to the prairie equestrian it is a ride of scarce two hours quick as a scurry across country after a stag or fox even with an unwilling steed it is not tedious but with that lithe-limbed oscillated creature luna who went willingly towards her prairie home it was soon over too soon perhaps for the happiness of her rider wretched as louise poindexter may have felt before her misery had scarce reached the point of despair through her sadness there still shone a scintillation of hope it was extinguished as she set foot upon the threshold of the jacale and the quick suppressed scream that came from her lips was like the last utterance of a heart parting in twain there was a woman within the hut from the lips of this woman an exclamation had already escaped to which her own might have appeared an echo so closely did one fellow to the other so alike were they in anguish like a second echo still more intensified was the cry from isadora as turning she saw in the doorway that woman whose name had just been pronounced the louise so fervently praised so fondly remembered amidst the vagaries of a distempered brain to the young creole the case was clear painfully clear she saw before her the writer of that letter of appointment which after all had been kept in the strife whose sound had indistinctly reached her there may have been a third party maurice gerald that would account for the condition in which she now saw him for she was far enough inside the hut to have the view of the invalid upon his couch yes it was the writer of that bold epistle who had called maurice gerald chiarido who had praised his eyes who had commanded him to come to her side and who was now by his side tending him with the solicitude that proclaimed her his ah the thought was too painful to be symbolist in speech equally clear were the conclusions of isadora equally agonizing she already knew that she was supplanted she had been listening too long to the involuntary speeches that told her so to have any doubt as to their sincerity on the doorstep stood the woman who had succeeded her face to face with flashing eyes their bosoms rising and falling as if under one impulse both distraught with the same dire thought the two stood eyeing each other alike in love with the same man alike jealous they were alongside the object of their burning passion unconscious of the presence of either each believed the other successful for louise had not heard the words that would have given her comfort those words yet ringing in the ears and torturing the soul of isadora it was an attitude of silent hostility all the more terrible for its silence not a word was exchanged between them neither designed to ask explanation of the other neither needed it there are occasions when speech is superfluous and both intuitively felt that this was one it was a mutual encounter of fell passions that found expression only in the flashing of eyes and the scornful curling of lips only for an instant was the attitude kept up in fact the whole scene inside scarce occupied a score of seconds it ended by louise poindexter turning round upon the doorstep and gliding off to regain her saddle the hut of maurice gerald was no place for her isadora too came out 
almost treading upon the skirt of the other's dress. The same thought was in her heart, perhaps more emphatically felt. The hut of Maurice Gerald was no place for her. Both seemed equally intent on departure, alike resolved on forsaking the spot that had witnessed the desolation of their hearts. The grey horse stood nearest, the mustang farther out. Isidora was the first to mount, the first to move off. But as she passed, her rival had also got into the saddle, and was holding the ready rein. Glances were again interchanged, neither triumphant, but neither expressing forgiveness. That of the Creole was a strange mixture of sadness, anger, and surprise, while the last look of Isidora that accompanied a spiteful carajo, a fearful phrase from female lips, was such as the Ephesian goddess may have given to Athenia after the award of the apple. End of chapter 59